Hello, hello. Welcome to Gen Z's Digital Decalogue. I'm your host, Shivani Murugapiran. Today, we are joined with a special guest, Macy Lee. Macy is a speaker, artist, writer, and mental health activist. She is also a TEDx speaker and United Nations MCN director. I looked that up. MCN is Millennium Campus Network, which is really, really cool. Um, Lee is also the founder and director of Telang Dalise and My State of Mind, which My State of Mind is a branch within the nonprofit Telang Dalise. And so I'd love to sort of start off our discussion by sort of asking you, what is it that your nonprofit does and where does My State of Mind play into that? Yeah, um, thank you for that lovely introduction. Um, I think what really inspired me to like go into mental health is definitely just like my family dynamic and my family background along with my personal experiences. Um, so I identify as Filipina and I primarily grew up in the Philippines. I also grew up in different places, but I did high school there and I was also born there. So it really is my roots and I do call the Philippines home. Um, that's when I started my advocacy movements. Um, I have an older brother with autism that really, really taught me probably like probably one of the best lessons in life. Um, he's taught me just how to be more open-minded and empathetic to different situations, different places and different people. And so I feel like I already grew up in that kind of environment. Like my parents, you know, like raised me in that way. And they always encouraged me to go out of my comfort zone and things and just talk to anyone. Um, but I found that at least for my brother and how people treated people with autism, it wasn't really the most ideal case. Um, like for instance, we lived in Singapore for like, I think like three years. Um, there are many like little anecdotes that I can like, like put out the top of my head that I, I feel like people like kind of disrespect him and the way he is. And I feel like there just needs to be more, you know, standing up for people with the exceptionalities and right. I always like calling it like exceptionalities too and not people with disabilities or like mental disabilities because I feel I like, like that yeah I, I feel like I mean I try to really bring that in with whoever I talk to just because I feel like it's better to call someone with autism or down syndrome like exceptional because they do have their own you know talents in their own ways so that's what really inspired me to start telling Lisa plain and simple um there are other factors that inspired me like I would hear stories about my peers, you know, going through like mental health turmoil. I went through my own thing too. I still have anxiety. I mean, I feel like it's a universal, universal thing to have anxiety, but on different levels. Um, and then when I was younger too, I had an eating disorder that had its own mental toll on me. And I feel like with the growth that I've been having, I kind of go back to my community wherever I'm in and I try to kind of like you know learn from people that I go to school with and also my friends too and that's how the organization like kind of started mm -hmm. um it was really just like a small circle and then it just like through friends of friends and through people that like discovered us it kind of grew bigger so in the Philippines we have a really really good base and then when I moved to the U.S. for college I started my state of mind because I wanted that same community or same kind of vibe in like treating mental health as something that shouldn't be like exclusively in the therapy room. Do you know what I mean? So we, I kind right. of want to make it like, yeah, just easy to digest, especially as Gen Z, but also, 
you know, really telling people the correct resources to go to when you're feeling this way. So that's kind of what the both organizations do. It's just like Talang Lisa is really focused on the Filipino, like everything in context as a Filipino person, XYZ isn't Talang Lisa and my state of mind is just a bit more broad, definitely. And a lot of us are in California. So we have a lot of fun in our meetings. And yeah, it's just we take work seriously and also not so seriously, which is really nice, but it's kind of- the I love that. No, yeah, we're kind of like that at the Look Up Wild Sea, kind of grown into this little family. And yeah. I absolutely love that kind of environment. Yeah. Awesome. So you mentioned that you guys, you know, provide resources. And from my understanding too, you guys have a podcast called Unwind the Mind. Yes, we do have a podcast too. And in that case, we really want to just like, a no filter conversation so like the hosts who usually do that they just go in a zoom and just talk about a topic but there's no like actual um guideline or question set but I think that it's really important again to make these safe spaces to make it known and as much as possible too what I like doing is the family dynamic that you were mentioning too I know Mm -hmm. you all have that because I was on a call with someone else and it was great so friendly but that environment is so important in any like company organization but yeah the podcast too um we just really want to make it real like we don't want to sugarcoat mental health and so just thinking that it's all about like self-care and you know all that kind of stuff but really try to interconnect it with everything like we try to see how mental health is connected like climate change for example through climate Mm -hmm. society that that was our latest project for my state of mind so we try to make it relevant to like literally anything going on because mental health is seen anywhere. So Right. I'd love to jump on that actually. How is mental health related to climate change? Ooh, there's a lot. <laughs> I think that the the thing that I did for my city mind and I think something I learned from the people who shared, um, a lot of my friends and climate activist friends were at COP twenty six, which was the conference in Glasgow in the UK um and there they were just basically talking about like all resolutions right all of these like uh people in power people who work for the UN people who represent their own countries they talk about all of these solutions but they find that it's all like very vague and not like it can be like tangibly done as to what I understood from them and it's really sad because they say that it's a lot of words but no action which is kind of like why a lot of young people were very like you know, disturbed and, you know, they kind of think to themselves, it's going to be us in the next 10 years, you know, with our own families, children, with our own like futures, what are we actually going to do? And that's why at the end of the day, climate anxiety really stems from uncertainty, uncertainty with how the environment is doing and uncertainty with how our climate is like constantly evolving with all this heat range and such. Um, In California, for example, like there was a lot of discussion with the wildfires that happen here. There's a lot of those that have been happening last year. And that is an indicator of climate change. And so a lot of people are talking about like how we can do equitable housing, you know, people who are homeless, like how do we do that? Especially in the Bay area, there's a lot of people that are homeless. So it's like a very specific example of climate anxiety. Like how can we provide like livelihood and how can we provide resources to people when all of this is changing constantly? So it was very interesting. But talking about it helped because I feel like when you talk about your anxiousness, uh, especially with climate, with other people, 
it kind of eases it down because you know you just get to like vent and brain fart with all of these people who actually know stuff about the climate so that's interesting yeah i i you know i don't really, i haven't really made that connection between climate change and anxiety really so directly before so i definitely think that's an interesting thing to explore mm-hmm. um also i have been kind of really wanting to ask you about one thing and it's kind of like you mentioned how um Salang Dalise is based in the philippines and as a fellow asian i was very curious as to um so a lot of i feel like a lot of the culture in asian communities tends to in general downplay mental health i think it's just something that i have seen personally with my experience and i was curious if you saw any of those sort of discrepancies in your work in that side of the world Oh, absolutely. It is a completely different culture. I think when I moved here, there's a lot of shock because even people our age here act completely different, not completely different, but um, I do see like big significant differences between like American college life and like Philippine college life. Um, And I must say too, like we have a bunch of chapters throughout Southeast and South of Asia. Um, We have a chapter in India actually, and it's so fun to work with them. So something that they share with me is just a lot of stigma with family. Like that's a difference that I see because I feel like um, not to say that, you know, families here in in America aren't like so, so family oriented, but in Asia specifically, if you grew up there, you're going to feel it. And I think it's, it's like the number one priority. Um, My dad is like part Chinese Korean. So it really is like tiger parents, you know what I mean? So I think the stigma that I experienced that I've never experienced or seen here, for example, is just like um, mental health with religion, for example. I grew up Catholic. And so sometimes my parents would overlap like prayer and prayer time, like your spiritual life as equivalent to like your actual mental health. So sometimes they would tell me, I remember when I was seeking out like therapy, at one point my dad was saying like, like, have you, have you gone to mass yet? Or like, have you prayed recently or something? And like, you know, there is a difference though. Like, I do believe that religions have their advantage, but it isn't like the actual solution, you know what I mean? To solving your anxiety. Like it's different to go to church, but it's also different to like go with an actual licensed therapist and like talk things out. So that's like a prime example. Um, but I also see yeah. it too, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I think it's really interesting because just from like sort of experiences of my peers um, and a lot of like the people within the Asian community that I have had the opportunity to speak with, a lot of the things that I hear about mental health, like the response from parents are very much like um, work out, pray, drink more water, um, you have a roof over your head, um, very much those lines. I think I think that's something that you hear regardless of your ethnicity, but I definitely think that's something that is very much propagated by the Asian culture as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, mm-hmm. And I think in particular too, um, so I live in an area that is like has a lot of a huge Asian population, a huge Asian Indian population. Um, and so the academic environment is quite rigorous. And yeah, so I was curious as to maybe what you have sort of maybe some advice you may have for people who are going through a lot of academic rigor and might need some advice in that area. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. And like, if I may tell you, please don't be pressured by any of that, because at the end of the day, like you are in your own path and how other people if they're doing bad, doing good is really doesn't matter. Just like you just got to be someone that is supporting yourself but also like cheering other people on 
Um, that's all that matters. That's all I want to say. Um, but in terms of academic pressure, yes, I did uh, go to a very rigorous, like all girls Catholic school. A lot of people I'd say are like very, very competitive and they mm-hmm. do care, you know what I mean? About like their GPA and especially you can attest to this, that that senior year where people kind of make that announcement, like, oh guys, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Right. Which is completely fine. But something that really helped me personally, because people have their right to like express, you know, whatever. But if you feel like you get affected by these things, literally just go off social media or, you know, kind of like tell at least like your close friends, like, I kind of want to disclose myself a little bit from, you know, having any kind of conversation when it comes to like academics or like what college to get into just because I need it for myself and I need it for my mental health. And as long as you like kind of communicate that, that's all that's important. But I think you really have to like really put your shield on and like focus on yourself. And the metaphor that I like using is in horse racing, when people go horse racing, they actually put like that shield on their horse to like block off. And and that is for the reason that the horse doesn't see any other horse like like traversing with them. Um, throughout that route so kind of do that same thing to yourself metaphorically in a sense that if you feel pressured block out the pressure where you see it so social media is one I remember when I was a senior high school I would like literally just mute everyone that I didn't want to see or hear from on Instagram Snapchat when I still used it like literally all that kind of stuff and it helped me so much and then the only time I started sharing that I was going to Davis or like going abroad was literally, I think two weeks before. And then people were just like, wait, you're going abroad. And I was like, yeah, I just was under a shell. I just can't do this. That's just who I am personally. So think about it, know yourself, and then just do that. Um, Get support from close friends and family. Definitely still get support. And like your advisors in high school, if they're any good, or there are also a lot of resources online for like college advising, high school advising go to that um as long as you have like two to three people to really talk your angst with or like um if at least if you have like a mentor like a peer mentor or someone older than you that can help you trust them and if you feel good about that just keep on doing that and you'll be absolutely fine but if i can tell you one thing too you will make it out of high school that's one thing i want to say like there is so much more amazing things outside of high school so also don't get caught up in the high school bubble same thing right. with college too. There's always life outside of that higher, like that hierarchy. That makes sense. Yeah, sense. I think that's that's some pretty solid advice actually. It's really a really nice way of looking at it. And you mentioned like sort of the social media stimulus too that comes in and sort of affects the way you think about things. Um, I was curious as to your thoughts on how social media has influenced um, young people's mental health today. Yeah, I think social media. Well. It's always a good and bad thing. I think what I like to describe it is kind of like social media is a hit or miss. And it's really all in the way of how you use it. So I'd say the best thing to do is to know yourself and know your style. I know some people who just have an account just for the sake of, you know, using it for communication or occasionally going through, which is fine. But you really have full control over how you use it so that's a nice thing to know is that you have full control over your social media if you feel like you don't want to go or if you feel like you're not in the headspace to go through people and like see what they're doing 
or if you feel like you need to improve like something I improved on during high school like FOMO I used to get FOMO all the time and then I remember when I came to college I was like oh god I like finally got over this FOMO and I really don't give a shit so even when people go out and I stay in I would see stuff like I really don't care you know it's like have fun so I think you just really have to kind of adjust to how you are doing mentally but at the end of the day you can also do whatever you want so really take it easy um, right. about it um so I try to think of social media that way um and I think that in terms of like its effect on mental health um depending on how you use it it can be bad or good so really just know your limit but I'd say the biggest consensus is just be sure to put only positive things out on social media because one thing that I feel like people always forget is that whatever you put out there will be permanently there that's one thing that sucks too you have full control but once you say something or post something it's going to be out there forever so you just have to keep that in mind be very thoughtful with everything that you post and know that you don't need to share everything that's going on in your mind or right you're experiencing because you can also call your friend you know you don't have to necessarily post it on somewhere but yeah good and bad thing I just really try to use it a lot for I mean connecting with people like you obviously and you know other people like other activists who are doing amazing work so when you think about it in that light it's amazing but unnecessary junk like sometimes like TikTok I deleted my TikTok recently because I just couldn't do it I was like this is too much like random stuff that I don't need to think about and put in my brain um so yeah you have full control and I think that's yeah answer. actually I did something similar with Instagram a couple of months uh I think it was like six months something like that I just went at like no social media at all Instagram was the only social media I had mm-hmm. and so I I mean this might not have been the best idea to do in the middle of a pandemic but I basically cut myself and my school is asynchronous too, like asynchronous online. So I was kind of like in this little shell trying to figure out how social media would impact my mental health as like a a 10th, 11th grader in high school. And I obviously didn't control for the fact that there are externalities from being in the middle of a pandemic, Yeah, (laughs) which in, in hindsight should have been something that was obvious to me but it really wasn't and so for me FOMO was just like it hit really hard and for me FOMO was more of like not just um the fear of missing out but also like insecurity because everyone puts forth their best selves on there right whether that be total strangers that we see like total strangers who are who are productive who are very good looking who have their whole life together and then you have your peers that you see in school every day who post like these pictures of themselves having fun all the time and for a long time or even now I have that problem I I kind of come to this consensus that people live like this on a regular basis like and I'd be in my room writing a paper at like two in the morning and someone will like post something yeah. and they will be at a party and I'll be like, what am I doing? Like, how yeah. is this fair? No, that's, I mean, that's a completely valid feeling, but at the same time, it's like, you have to challenge it always. Like, if you think about it, it's like, they could post that, but at the end of the day, they could also, because you don't actually know how they're feeling. Like, they might post about that party but they might also hate that party that they're in. Like, you know what I mean? Like people could just, cause it's very like, like what you said, you put your best foot forward. Cause you always want positivity or like 
you have this front and naturally I was reading this like New York Times article and this columnist was actually like talking about like how okay do people naturally have a mask on social media and he said yes every time because you always they're behind posting something you always want to project a certain thing and what he mentioned is that oftentimes there's always the motive to a person posting something because they want a certain person to see it and I was like whoa that kind of that kind of hit me a little bit in my program <laughs> especially mm-hmm. like I'm like yeah I've liked hello people before yes I've posted stuff for people that I've liked that I want them to see right like, so true so I genuinely don't believe it. Um, and what's interesting about what you brought up too, something I've been thinking about recently is I see people that post so many people on a daily basis, like especially on the stories, like they're hanging out with like different people like every day. I'm like, are you friends with all of these people? Like, wow, like are you? <laughs> mm-hmm. so many friends. The thing yeah. is it could be true, but it also could not be true because some of these friends aren't even actual friends. Some of them are acquaintances. Something that's something I discovered too is that there's a difference between friends and acquaintances. Like you can know someone, but that doesn't mean you're like friends with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's really no pressure. Like you're completely chilling. Like I just think of my friends all the time, and I, like I'm fine. You know, there's really nothing. Mm. And it takes time for that mindset to kick in, but that's something I just like remind myself like every day. I'm, yeah, I'm- and I I totally relate to that part of like how you're posting things for people. Um, I have this habit of like. If I put something on my story, I will like kind of scroll under and see who's viewed it. I was like, has this yeah, person okay. viewed it? That what do you feel about that world? Do you actually do you like it or how much feel? Actually, I don't know. I think it makes me seem kind of like if I would have if I would have said that to like my mom or like my dad or like my uncle, they would think I'm like absolutely psycho. Um, you're looking for someone to see if they're looking at what you're putting. And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. when you say it like that, it sounds kind of weird. But I promise it's normal. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I do that. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? Yeah. And then uh, I will watch my story over and over again to see, like, and I'll keep looking up on there to see if someone looked at it, oh which is <laughs> okay. We're definitely the same person because, like, I do that sometimes still. But I'm training myself not to care. You know, it's like mm-hmm. fine fine if they don't see it it's okay <laughs> post and then I started thinking like you know post things for yourself like post it because you want to post it and be obsessed with your own story too like post it because you're obsessed with your own story like I viewed it it's I love that it's all good you know yeah I know I love that um that sort of reminds me of like when I was like I started like getting on YouTube very early I feel like YouTube was like the first thing for me and when I got into high school I got into Instagram but probably since middle school or maybe early high school, I, I started watching these like productivity videos online. Of, mm-hmm. Like you know what I'm talking about? Those yeah. people like study with me. me. <laughs> yeah. Like day in my life as a as college student and then you like follow them and you study. I love those. I get really encouraged by them. They're like, yeah. Which is interesting because I have like the kind of opposite effect with them. Mm-hmm. Um, like I will watch these videos of like, how am I supposed to do all of that in one day? Cause I don't like, I, mm-hmm. I think about like the X amount of things that people get done. And I'll be honest with you. I think I get a decent amount of stuff done every day. Like I make sure I study, I do my extracurriculars. I like do whatever I need to do, but like, I don't study for 12 hours straight. Like I, no, that's not no, something I've, that I can do. No, I've seen videos like that. And they just yeah, play no. my music and I'm just like, how like do you need to pee or something like exactly yeah those are the videos that I saw a lot like those yeah. people who would work 36 hours in a 24 hour day 
like and and as a as like a young like 13 14 year old 15 year old kid I kind of thought that's what we're supposed to do like I I thought that's what normal people did because that's what I was like looking at 24 7 and so I thought that there was something like physically wrong with me because I couldn't focus for 12 hours straight or Mm -hmm. I couldn't forget 12 hours I couldn't sit for five hours straight like um, I would need to take a break. And and I thought that there was something like actually wrong with me, which is interesting how it shapes young people that way. Absolutely. I hope that your mind had changed about that because like that's not real. But also I think that at least for young people and younger people that are listening to this too, like keep in mind that they are making a video. Like they filmed, because what YouTubers usually do, because I used to do YouTube for a little bit, like I it was like a hobby. And I always found myself wanting to film when I had an interesting day, because most of my days are just, at least for college right now, I just go to class, show up at work for a little bit. I like work I don't know, two or three hours a day. And then I go home and I literally do laundry. I do my dishes and I do homework again and then I sleep. It's like the most basic boring day. But hypothetically, I wouldn't video myself every day doing that. I would video myself when, if I had an event, for example, and if I had, if, if also, if I was also in the right mind space and if I felt like filming myself, you know, so keep all of those factors come into play. But naturally, people wouldn't just record themselves, you know what I mean? Just like doing whatever. So there is that like thing that goes into it. That's why people think like, oh, this is what my everyday should look like. No, absolutely not. You need days that are just like kind of like dead, you know what I mean? Just like recovery days. If I put so into words um well yeah that did kind of like screw me up a little bit when I was younger not gonna lie I used to watch like that kind of emerged like because you're like way younger than me now to think of it you're like four years younger than me I feel so old but <laughs> no you're good no you're good like it's good to be young stay, stay young honestly never grow up but um <laughs> during my time, at least um with the makeup videos I remember those are like really popping off but yeah, I did think to myself too. I was like, what is going on? Like, there's so much to do. But in reality, that is not what life is actually like every day. So I think you just have to remind yourself that. Yeah, I think honestly, that kind of came to me a lot later than it should have. And mm-hmm. I just feel like just the constant influx. And also, people I know used to like, I like to study the library a lot. And we'll like, we'll go to the library at four, we'll kind of stay there until like nine when it closes <laughs> and so um because like my public library closes at nine and so like I will not be able to sit in that one seat for the five hours so I will like get up I will like go to the bathroom I'll like talk to someone whatever right and there will be people that will sit in one spot for five hours and they won't move and I will literally like I will I don't know how they do that and I I feel like yeah <laughs> props to them though I mean I love mm-hmm. resilience but personally that I can do that after relocate a little bit yeah yeah and yeah so that like one or two times where I've seen something like that that sort of quote-unquote corroborated what I saw online and so that kind of I think made things a little worse too Mm -hmm. but overall I think recently thinking about like the way people look the way people dress the way people behave on social media kind of detaching that from reality a little bit has helped a lot personally in like viewing the difference between how I should behave in person and like how people present themselves online. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. 
I think like one interesting example was I recently had my prom and oh, someone in my school. <laughs> yes. I miss those. I miss those little events. Yeah, prom was fun. I like that. Um, but like someone from my school, they posted like a series of pictures of themselves. Um, and I, that person sat next to me in one of my classes and I, for the life of me, could not recognize who this was. Like, <laughs> like oh, that's I, crazy. yeah, I kind of looked at this. I was like, who is this person? Why am I following yeah, this person? Yeah. Uh, but did you like kind of recognize them like a little bit? Like you look familiar, but not really. Kind of, but like, I don't know. I was, I was at, the, at first I was like, who is this? And then I clicked on, <laughs> I clicked on their name. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and then I looked at their, I kind of like subtly stalked them, I'm not going to lie. Cause I was like, how did I not recognize this person? And I looked at all of their like other pictures. And then I thought about what they looked like in class at 8 a.m. And I was like, nope, this is very different. And so I, then I looked at my feed and I looked at my feed and I was like, Hmm, I don't look like this maybe sometimes when I come to class on eight o'clock in the morning. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting too. Oh yeah. No, it's a I'm glad that happened to you in a way that it's a good reminder sometimes. Cause I know people say that all the time, like what you do in social media is not what you do in real life, but also physicality. Like you don't look amazing, ten like I was walking around like this too in school, you know what I mean? Like hello everyone and I saw like a bunch of like six people I knew and I was like wow this is a great day um but it's a good it's a good refresher you know you need to remind yourself like you you're going to prom but you're not going to look like you're going to prom like everywhere you know Mm -hmm. yeah um oh the pandemic definitely made it um I feel like people have so much of a rush now to go out definitely that's something I've seen just because of lack of social interaction, at least for our generation. I feel like the pandemic also made us more in and then definitely more positive note. I think it made a lot of people more mindful about the things that they do and things that they spend time on. Because now that we have a lot more freedom in terms of like going out, I feel like a lot of people think like, okay, do I actually want to spend my time with this person? Or do I want to do this? And there's a lot of like reevaluation, I feel like with the life. It gave all of us, I feel like, a semblance of an existential crisis and we start rethinking like do I actually want to be a lawyer like I wanted to be a lawyer for a while and I was like hell no I'm not doing that (laughs) um like thank you for the pandemic for doing that so I think it had a positive change in that sense but I feel like something I've also noticed is a lot of like newness with people like I feel like people are very different you know yeah in a good and bad way and I've also like fallen out some friendships too if I'm gonna be honest like I stopped talking to some people that I used to talk to all the time but it's kind of okay too because it's like kind of like a shedding of a skin like I feel like everyone shed their old skin and they're like this new person um and I think as long as you respect that and also love how you evolved is is really good um and it's all a matter of just like you know asking yourself like what kind of lessons have I personally learned in the pandemic because everyone had different experiences during COVID some people were traveling some people were in the same place so that's really how you take it and I think just take it as to the person you really want to be but you also really have to think about that like you want to be a good person but where do you want to dedicate your life to or where do you want to dedicate your time you know yeah Um, so I think pretty good stuff but we should also have fun we should also have compassion for ourselves and just let loose and 
do fun things because not everything's about work. Not everything's about like success. You also have to like, if you want to meet new people, like go out. Like if you want to do this nature thing, even wanting to do, I think you should do it. Like have that self-compassion because we're so young and like, you're so young too. So be sure to like do things that you want to and like travel. Travel is a big thing. So. Yeah, I first of all, can I just say I love your positivity. Like this whole time you've been oozing all this positivity <laughs> and I absolutely yeah. love it. I try I try really hard. But No, I see that. Like when I mention the pandemic to anyone, anyone who's talking about anything in any industry in any sphere, they go on by giving me this list of statistics as to how much people have suffered. And the first thing that you did was tell me what you benefit out of it. And I actually love that so much. Thank you. I think that, oh, the gory details are all in the news too. Like if you think, mm-hmm. if you think about COVID-19, there's going to be like, like 15 million people died. It's like, we've seen enough of that. You know what I mean? Like, let's not do that. Also, this is a, is this more of a Gen Z podcast, would you say? Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. not going into that. We're going to talk about TikTok dances and how friends <laughs> suck. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And honestly, I think you've encouraged me to reflect a little bit. Um, I've always looked at the pandemic, even like as it's happening right now, as some kind of like, like it's effective. It's like negatively affected me in like XYZ way. I lost that on X. I lost that on Y. Oh, this sucks. I miss my friends. There's no social interaction. Uh, stuck at home and I couldn't go anywhere but at the same time I want to like think about what I've gotten out of it like the people that I've gotten to meet um, my academic was always the forefront of everything and it still is but now like because of the pandemic I had more time to to bring up some extracurriculars I had time to reach out to the Center for Humane Technology to look up I started like exploring things and ideas that I wouldn't have been able to explore or look at before and I think that shaped me as an individual and amazing yeah and I don't think I've ever like just stopped and said I was thankful for that yeah so thank you of course yeah I'm so (laughs) thankful and I'm so excited for you because like it's only going up from here like you have that space and you're like finishing up your when do you graduate uh in may whoa that is so you (laughs) have like a few weeks more Mm -hmm. month or so you know enjoy your time as a high schooler but i want to tell you the transitioning period from high school to college that like summer is going to be the best time of your life like you're just going to be oh i'm going to college like yeah (laughs) like it's so fun. So like, please enjoy it and like have the best time. Literally do whatever you want. It's amazing. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to us, Macy. I really, really enjoyed chatting with you. And thank you for coming on our podcast. And thank you to our audience for listening to us. And I'll see you guys next time.